Pints and Vibes Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Vibes Podcast. Tights and Vibes. Talking wrestling with my friends and you know you are listening to the Tights and Fights show. You are listening to the Tights and Fights show. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the podfather, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dan Lowe Brown, Danielle Radford. Nice. You're looking at the real deal now. And Kelki Mayavia, Lindsay Kelk. I might only go by that from now on. I might real have chipper. my name changed because I kind of like it. I always resisted Kelki because Kelki, you know, is a school name that was often applied mm-hmm. to my brother and I resented it. But Kelki Maivia, she rocks. Yeah. Yeah. 12th generation one. superstar. There we go. This Sunday, before we do anything else, klaxon, klaxon, klaxon. This Sunday is the London Podcast Festival debut of Tights and Fights. It is a maximum fun weekend over at London Podcast Festival. But Sunday, September 12th at 12.30 p.m. Pacific is your main event. Your friends, Danielle, Lindsay, Hal, and Julian. I know he's going to ring in. He can't stay muted. It's impossible. We're going to be talking about SummerSlam 92, which happened at Wembley Stadium. Yes, we're talking about wrestling that happened in England at the London Podcast Festival. Reminder, though, it is a live stream. You can watch it from anywhere, 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 8.30 p.m. BST, and that's 3.30 p.m. EST. Plus, if you're not able to watch it live, you have seven days of access when you get a ticket. So that's a full week to watch it at your leisure. So if you listen to this or you see a tweet about it and say, oh, I can't make it, that's not your real excuse. That's we know. We know that you have the reading comprehension to see that it says seven days of access. And if you didn't know, now you know. Are you excited, Lindsay, for your grand homecoming? I I might have purchased some accessories. I'm very excited. I feel like I'm coming home. I'm very, very, very giddy. I'm coming home by not leaving my couch. And that's the best way to travel right now. So <laughs> I'm very into this. And you know I love SummerSlam 92, so... This works out for me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone that made this happen just for me. <laughs> I have opinions, and you'll hear all of them. <laughs> I know, and it's going to make right. me so sad. I might have a little drink. <laughs> <laughs> you can pause right now, fun fact, and click the link in our show notes to get your tickets. They're not expensive, but the value is through the roof. That is Sunday, September 12th. Sunday, 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 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 8.30 p.m. BST, and 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your tickets, watch it live, and then rewatch it for seven days as many ways as you like because you get to decide how you live your life still. All right, let's jump in. This is a very, very busy week. Of course, the biggest show with all the news was AEW All Out, a four-hour sprawling event. This is their biggest pay-per-view of the year. We're going to get into the specifics in just a second. What are your overall thoughts on the show? They're in Chicago, great wrestling town. Any just general thoughts about the show? Danielle? I liked it. For the most part, I really enjoyed it. Too long, but I happen to think that most wrestling is too long these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Just four hours is too much. It's too much. But yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed the show for the most part. Lindsay? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm doing a lot of work separating my feelings of the actual show from the reaction to the show 
from the wrestling media and from the wrestling internet fandom. But like just as a show, standalone, how I felt about it in general, it was net good. I enjoyed more of it than I didn't enjoy. I don't know if it was the greatest pay-per-view of all time, which people are wanting to say. So if for them it was awesome, I thought it was largely a success and super fun. Yeah, we're going to get into that culture built around promotions. We're going to talk about that in our main event, a little sneak preview. I will say, I, I know speaking to friends of mine, they were saying it was the greatest pay-per-view that they've ever seen. And I get where that comes from. One thing people love about AEW is they get to see all their favorite dollies in one place. And so every time somebody walks on screen and is introduced for the first time, all you think about is all the dream matches they can have with all the other people who are already on the roster. And it's true. It's a very impressive roster. There are a lot of great stuff. There are some fantastic moments to bring from it. They're clearly, not only do they have great talent that they've recently signed, including the debuting Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, one right after the other, which felt like loaded, 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 loaded. Yeah. But great moments and reminders that they have people on their roster who are huge stars in their own right. Guys like MJF. His entrance Ooh. was maybe one of the best swerves I've ever seen. Because it's not new to steal somebody's entrance to get heat. But for some reason... I don't know if it's the AEW crowd was highly susceptible to that, but it was just a, that was a fantastic moment that was pulled off. There's a lot of flawless execution. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of execution that was not so flawless. Yeah. I think MJF is just a nuclear heat machine, right? Like he cannot open his mouth or move a muscle without riling everyone up. Linda, don't you dare make eye contact with me, honey. I'll knock your teeth down your throat. Oh, he, he's gone too far. I'm looking at you, 16 and pregnant. Like, he's so committed to getting the heat and being the character. He's never going to miss. Even when he misses, he hit the target he meant to hit, even if it was a miss for you, you know? Like, it's slightly terrifying how good he is at his age to do what he does. Let's work our way backwards a little bit. We're going to touch on some highlights. But the main event is Kenny Omega versus Christian, round two. Kenny Omega getting the win. Lindsay, you said that you thought this was one of Kenny's best singles matches. I did. In AEW. How much of that do you feel is Kenny Omega being Kenny Omega? And how much of that is having a one of, I will I know. die on this mountain. One I'm of waiting the for most, it to happen. One of the most. <laughs> Call him, Hal. Call him and say, get him in on this. <laughs> Look, well before I met him, I thought he was one of the most underrated. I know, but I think he should hear this live. I think we should FaceTime him in. And I think he should hear this. Also make him bring his cat to the phone. So but how much of it is is him having a such a good dance partner? Oh it's it's so it's so important to Kenny. And the thing is like we all know Kenny can have a great match with a broom. We've seen mm-hmm. it. He can have a great match with a little girl and a dolly. Lit a literal dolly, not a Tony dolly, a real dolly. We know he can yeah. do it. Um, For some reason, some of that magic has been missing in a large part of his AEW run. What I do know is this match was fucking fun. And it felt for the first time in a long time to me like I was watching Kenny again. And I got to watch Mm. Kenny go. And I don't know if part of that is because he's fully embracing his heel persona now. I don't know. Maybe it's his hair. I don't like the hair, but maybe it's working for him. There were just so many moments in the match that I have missed 
that were character moments for him. Like when he hops up onto the railing to do the moonsault and slipped and fell on his bum and then looked back at the camera and was like, ooh, with his finger against his lips. <laughs> that, that's Kenny. Like that's the Kenny yep. that I have missed, that cheeky, mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do? I'm still going to kill him. You know, like it's that attitude and that character is what I have missed. It's not even the moveset. His moveset is always flawless. He's always great. It's his mm-hmm. character and his attitude and the energy he brings. And I just thought Christian brought out the best in him in every way. Whatever it was that made him level up back to six-star Kenny. And I'm not saying the match was six stars because fuck that guy. I've had him muted forever and it's a joyous place. I, I beg you to join me. Um, I just thought it was super, super fun. They both brought their best to the table. Uh, I guess they obviously they both knew they were moving on after this and they wanted to make it fucking great. And they did make it fucking great. And the follow-up from the match was great. Everyone goes home happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to co-sign that. Like, that's, it's definitely felt like this was a, we've been dealing with a watered-down version of Kenny for, like, a while. And it hasn't felt the same and had the same energy as it did when, you know, he was doing more non, um, non-AEW non wrestling. And this definitely felt like, oh, this is, like, my big match Kenny. This is, like this is the dude that I fell in love with. Like this is, and again, like all those moments that you mentioned, Lindsay, just like those little, it's like those little touches and those little tweaks are the reason why, because everyone on the show was a good wrestler. You have to be if you are, if you're on TV, but it's like, it's those little things that make someone stand out and that have made it so that Kenny has been great. And so, yeah, like so much fun, such a great match. Him and Christian have amazing chemistry together. Do you have to be a good wrestler to be on TV? It's preferable. <laughs> it's preferable. Do you wanna, um, it's preferable. Sorry. When you said that, my uh, I felt my neck get hot, and then I didn't hear anything else. Okay, fine. You should be a good wrestler to be on TV. How about that? You're on a really... I'm, I'm walking the low. I'm walking it. You're on a thin line council. You need to you to be own careful. gear. You need to have gear, and you need to be able to do at least five moves. <laughs> Okay, Hal? Like, that's that's being a good wrestler. You have to be a better wrestler than I am to be on TV. I think that's hey, fair. You, you want to be held in contempt? Is that what you're fucking for? <laughs> yeah, I'm not bad, actually. So that is that is not like it's not a low bar. It's yeah. just saying. I am the current reigning Harworth and Burkoats uh, champion. So reigning defending. Put Bobby in that figure four in 1992 and just refused, <laughs> refused to fight again. To to look at the sunshine and rainbow convention that is the internet, it would seem like a a lot of people have named the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers in the steel cage as their favorite match. Too bloody for me. Too bloody for me. Yeah. Don't. As soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, this is not for Halbert. This is not for my tender hearted Halbert. He's not going to enjoy this. Yeah. It was Already great. Like, it was a great match. Mm-hmm. But it was... I I am... And this isn't me attacking the match, and I totally understand, and I agree why people thought it was fantastic. I thought it was, objectively, I can be like, oh my god, that was like a really fantastic, well-executed match of two extraordinarily talented tag teams that I would love to watch go at it again and again and again. Um, mm-hmm. I personally don't always love a cage match because it's hard to see all the amazing things they're doing and i think cage matches work really well when you have brutal big beat-em-up guys who are gonna you know the blood fine whatever it's not my favorite but i get it in a cage match because it's brutality um Mm. when you have the lucha brothers and the young bucks 
it works for and against it. I'm working through my thoughts as I say this. I'm one of those celebrities that does profile pieces. And they're like, do I really think that before I say it? Do I really think that? Um, <laughs> but it, I think it works for them in that it gives them more to work off of. But they're also incredibly talented. I don't want to use the word spot monkeys because it sounds derogatory, but they are flippy, flippy boys that do incredible moves and have incredible talent in the air and aerialists and all that good stuff. And when you put that behind a cage, I can't always see it. Yeah, I want to see it. Right? I thought it was a great match by great people. I personally would have liked it better out of a cage. While we're in the middle of discussing All Out, we've waited long enough. (laughs) Yeah. The entire audience is edging. (laughs) Just where I like them. That we haven't yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All right, you edgelords, guess what? (laughs) You're going to get what you came here for, which is the hottest segment in all of pro wrestling, where Lindsay tells us what happened in the AEW women's division, and there's huge news. Sure. Uh, There is. (laughs) No, there is. There is. There's huge news. We have multiple matches to watch this week. So, like, go Oz. I hope everyone brought snacks and, like, peed before they started because it was more than one match. Only on All Out, obviously, Dynamite had had one match. And it was, like, I will just say, the Dynamite match, I timed it because I got really excited. And it was, like, 12 minutes-ish, 10 to 12. I can't remember off the top of my head because I wrote it down. I'm unprofessional. Lost the piece of paper. But it was more than 10 minutes. But that did include, like, a six-minute commercial break. And that included the entrances and the end shenanigans. But, like, it was a great match. Uh, Dynamite was Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter's fucking great. I love her. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. a really good foil for Ruby, who is a little smaller and more wily. Jamie is, like, a big old badass. Uh, loved watching the two of them go at it. Would love the AEW women's division to maybe chat about their gear and make sure people have slightly different gear. Because everyone's gear getting a little bit samey. Getting a little bit red and black. But it was fun, and it set up some fun storylines at the end of that match, which is all I've asked for. <laughs> it's not, but it's like the, the the bare minimum I'm asking for for the women's division. And at All Out, we had two matches. We had Chris Atlander versus Britt Baker, and we had the Women's Battle Royal. To go over the briefly, uh, the Britt-Chris match was super fun. Super, mm. super fun. I think it was burdened by expectation. I think that was a little tough that I was like, it's going to be the best match ever, and it was a very good match. It was a tough match to be the best match on that card when anticipation was so high for other things. I thought they acquitted themselves very, very well. Thought it was interesting that Orange Cassidy played his character card in that match. Of We all know mm. Orange doesn't emote, but he got so worked up that he shouted at Chris to get back in the ring, which I thought was lovely. And it was great to see him play that note for his friend which was really, really lovely, but also simultaneously like kind of kind of a waste of that note because she lost. But, you know, that's you can read that either way. I love that he did it for his friend. I love that it was friendship that finally worked him out of his malaise because I love friendship. Obviously, <laughs> Brit won because Brit's pr- probably going to have that belt for the rest of her life. And maybe she should. The Women's Battle Royal, I thought, was really, really fun. Julian wins the pot in that it went 20 yeah. minutes. It went 20 minutes uh, and we predicted Hal said 10, I said 12, Julian said 15. So mm-hmm. fair enough. It got its whole 20 minutes. The The structure of the Battle Royal was fucking ridiculous. I'm just going to say it. The suits 
women picked a card from a suit yeah. and then we brought them out in that I'm like is this fucking Twin Peaks what is this it's like the suit mm. the suit no I'm not having this this is nonsense it's too complicated you're complicating something that's very easy plus like Who's remembering that there's a gambling motif on this thing at this point? What did you do with that massive stack of gambling chips? Can I have that back, please? I do have questions with the set designer for AEW in that they clearly don't have one. I miss that. Like, I want it to look like an exciting event. I want my giant stack of gambling chips. I want something. But yeah, they came out according to the suit they drew before the match that definitely happened, even though you didn't see it. Sure. And that's how we had decided how many people were coming out at definitely three minutes and 30 seconds each time. Again, I timed it. It was not three minutes, 30 seconds at any of the arrivals. We can't, it, we can't ding them for that. No, that's nobody, all wrestling. Think, that's yeah, all wrestling. Right. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the most legit wrestling thing of the whole night that they did not stick to the timings they said they would. There were a few people who got bailed out early that I thought sucked. Like I thought Kiara Hogan should have been in there way longer because I love Kiara Hogan. She's fucking great. I want to see her succeed. I've been in love with her since, I'm like, so, so long, like two weeks since the NWA Battle Royal and Power. It was so great. It set up a million stories and I have no reason to believe that any of these stories are going to have any payoff anywhere other than dark or elevation unless you are the bunny, Penelope Ford, Ty Conti and uh, Anna Jay because they're the only dollies outside of Brit and Ruby that Tony seems to care about at the moment. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, I'm hopeful. It set up a lot. It did a lot of work. It would be so easy to pay off of this. We shall see. The other big part of All Out is, of course, CM Punk's first wrestling match in seven years against Darby Allen. Came out on top. When he entered, I said, the crowd seems really quiet. Like, I would expect, it feels like Ruby Soho got a bigger pop than CM Punk. I'm sure if you were there, you would be quick to connect, correct me on the internet. We'll talk about that in a minute and say, no, it was the biggest pop I was there. I'm just saying what I heard on television. Then I realized they were singing along to Cult of Personality, which... This is AEW. They the... learned the words to Fozzie songs. They can do... They can do it, Hal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, that match was fine. CM Punk being CM Punk did a lot of heavy lifting. Just the fact that like you like him and you want him to do well. Mm -hmm. The the ring rust was real. But I think that all of us, I mean, again, it's very easy to forgive him because it's CM Punk and it's been seven years. Phil needed a sit down. So is the answer put him on television wrestling more? Or do you think it's keeping him... You know, he doesn't wrestle Honestly, on Dynamite, but he comes out and sets up no, another feud. I do not need another fucking 10-minute in-ring TED Talk. It's not even TED Talk. It's like he's trying to sell me uh, some Rodan Fields. Like, I feel like he's an MLM person now. Like, he's going to come out tell me how great I am, how much he loves me, how I've kept him going all these years, and how proud he is of me, and how proud he is of himself. And if it weren't for my love, he wouldn't still be here. And also, have I considered this eye cream? Like, it, I honestly, I... Never never really anticipated saying this this quickly, but I am with Taz in that I am sick of it. I have known Philip a long time, and I'm sick of his I love you bullshit. Hold on, hold on. Well, out of respect, I'll let you speak, but don't ever interrupt me again. Well, no, here, here's the thing. Hey, listen, I'm trying to be a gentleman, but now you want to be a tough guy. Here's the thing, tough guy. I know you a long time. And I'm tired of this bullshit love fest that you're doing. Like, who is this? I don't want this. 
I'm like, you, you came, you won. Maybe now it's time to get a little bit more cocky. Maybe now it's time to be like, bring on the next challenge, not just be like, I, I guess now I'll take on a new baby and maybe I will make it. I am but a poor, humble punk. It's, it's, it's hugging time. It's hugging time. It's not clobbering maybe, time. Anymore. Maybe he watched that Blue's Clues video before he came out and he just like couldn't <laughs> do it. Like maybe it was too much. Like, Is this at all like like a, a movie where the dad leaves and the kid grows up and the dad shows up and the kid's so happy the dad is there that they fall for all the things all the like it's gonna be different this time and i you're love you you're cutting a little bit close to home hell you're cutting a little bit close to home <laughs> and then eventually you realize like oh th- this is this is the same person this person is fundamentally the same which is my way of saying is it possible that they could be playing this for a heel turn because it would be right for it I, at a certain point this has to so. wear off i, I think. hope so yeah I think it's interesting. I've been thinking about it a lot. I've, you know, I've been doing a lot of 3 a.m. What's going on with AEW thoughts lately, which is super unhealthy. I don't recommend you try. <laughs> but it's interesting that the fact that they've brought Punk in ostensibly at the exact same time as Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, right? Like he did his on-screen appearance earlier, but his match was the first time. It was the same night they came back. So they're all in at the same mm-hmm. time. They have to do something so different with him. They cannot put him in the same feuds as they are in. They're not going to have him go after a minor title it would seem or the smaller title like or a title that's not theirs you know so they have to do something different with him and i i will say if it was his choice to come in and say i want to build up younger talent rather than go into a main title picture i think that's admirable i don't know if it fully works because his coming in and saying i'm gonna take on darby allen And then I'm going to take on Team Taz and I'm going to work through these lower card wrestlers to put a spotlight on them. I don't know if that works if he keeps beating them. There was a weird moment in the match that Darby had the match, right? Like Darby had it a million times and they did a bunch of rest holds and then it was like, Phil wins! Because of course he does and he has to and he absolutely had to and Darby had nothing to lose by losing. People love Darby. He doesn't have a belt right now. It was just like... He can make him look great. But I don't know if it works if that's the plan, is to just have him keep putting over younger talent by beating them. When does that end? He's got to build up. I mean, the guy hasn't wrestled for seven years. And you can't come in and just be MCM Punk and lose because it just doesn't... No, no, I know. It means the same thing. So it's going to take a while. You, You could argue that Jericho's job when he came in initially was to help build the brand up. Yes, absolutely. Because he was... He yeah. was, no question, I I will not even debate this, the biggest star in the promotion. Worldwide, he had the biggest audience. Do we all agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was the best. There are people at home right now, Hal, I'm, I'm going to be that person, the people at home <laughs> screaming at you going, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega. And it's like, oh. Kenny. In terms was, of worldwide yes, recognition, like, I'm sorry. Kenny yeah. was the reason that we were all like, oh my God, this is really exciting. Jericho was the reason people tuned in. Because they knew yeah. him. They, knew, they so know he, who he is. He got to be the face of the brand pretty much uninhibited for, for a while. And now he's in a position where he can put people over, which he did to, to MJF. I do not think that the match that they had on Saturday was necessary in any way, shape, or form. I think if you get, you can argue, oh, but the story was good and the match was Of course it's going to be. Those guys know how to tell a story. And they've been telling this story for, for a long time. And... 
I love long-term storytelling, so I don't want to seem hypocritical. At the same time, a good long-term story builds. This felt like it built to to its apex, and what we got was not a step above that. It was not even a lateral step. They had already built and finished that storyline, but Jericho needed to get his win back for whatever reason. I'm not even going to pretend to know why. We could all come up with reasons, and they would all seem completely reason they all seem logical and like they could be right but it's not at a certain point you got to move on to to something else and he's in that position to to help elevate people mjf has now been built up built up built up then he takes a loss and has to scramble from that feels like you're you're needlessly working against yourself yeah well mjf's real busy saying some deeply offensive stuff to Brian Pillman's family, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, 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 go, he's fine. He's moved on to his next thing. But I absolutely 100% hear what you're saying. Like, surely after doing the this epic Jericho storyline, wouldn't you think you move on to a title picture or he would have challenged mm-hmm. Miro maybe even for that belt or, or something? But it's like, no, we're just going to put him in this one night only Cincinnati related feud. So yeah, what do we get out of what do we get out of Jer- Jericho winning that match apart from a feel good moment? What did MJF get out of winning of losing that match? And what did MJF get out of then going on TV on Wednesday and telling Brian Pillman that his mom should have swallowed? Well, and also if if <laughs> also, <laughs> giggling, giggling like a lady. Also, if if let's say he beats Jericho after all the labors, which he did when he tapped him out. Yeah. And then Jericho is, who's who's about to go out on tour, do whatever, go to Sturgis, get on a bunch of cruises. Who knows what he's, who knows what his plans Pop are. down to Washington. Maybe, maybe visit the Capitol, FBI. Yeah, there we go. FBI, FBI, <laughs> FBI. Why not have him, from a storytelling perspective, go like, I like have that drive him away. Yeah. Because yeah. he's so in shock. That, I would have rather Jericho is... came out and did a promo and it was like, yeah, I got the win, but like, I need some time out. Or, you know, it's just something like to but acknowledge. That, it's, it's dead. And when he's like Jericho, he can eat that loss. Like yeah. it does him, it does yep. him nothing. Like it, it hurts him none. And it helps MJF so much. Yeah. I think we need to call a moratorium on loser leaves or loser retires or loser never challenges for belt, etc. Unless loser is actually going to leave. Uh, yep. Because it was it was with same with the Roman Reigns match. It made it feel to me. I'm like, oh well, I guess he's gonna win then. And with this, yep. it was like, oh, I guess Jericho's gonna win then. You know, even there's a, there's a mm-hmm. little bit of you that's like, oh, is Jericho gonna go to commentary full time? But then in your heart, you're like, of course he fucking isn't. The ego on that man. Like, there's absolutely no way. And I don't say that as an insult. It's just like it would be an absurd. It would be an absurd decision to say Jericho's never gonna wrestle again. Yeah. Now, there was plenty of other wrestling that happened this week, but we got too much. We had to talk about All Out, and we'll we'll touch on some of those events later on during the three count. Meanwhile, if you have any thoughts on this big week in wrestling, including stuff from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT that we didn't get to, find us via the links in our show notes and talk to us about them. We're listening, and by we, I do mean Julian. When we come back, it's time to talk about the discourse of the internet wrestling community. Whew. That's next on Tights and Fights. This week's episode is sponsored by Soylent. 
I think I speak for all of us. I know I speak for myself when I say that finding the time to cook a meal and prepare a meal is not always the easiest thing. And thankfully, we have something like Soylent, which not only tastes good, but can replace those meals that during a day you may not be able to take time to prepare yourself. You need a quick breakfast. You need a quick lunch. Soylent is there for you. Yeah, I'm really bad about actually remembering to eat. Um, (laughs) I can be really bad about remembering breakfast. And so it's really handy for me to have like just throw in one of the Soylent bottles or something. I keep those on Mm me so that I can just have those at the ready. I really like the protein because I like getting in my extra protein. It's creamy. It's plant-based. It's high protein. It's got 30 grams of complete plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, and zero grams total sugars it's really good especially you know when i'm getting pumped getting ripped for the summer and i forget to grab something to eat i can just grab one of those complete proteins and i feel satisfied until i can actually be an adult and make my next meal like a human person absolutely what happens when you don't take the time when you start skipping meals is you start replacing them with things that are not very healthy. You do things like pop tarts, you go to the drive through, you do things that are more convenient and you think the convenience uh, is I just need to get something in my system. With Soylent, you're actually putting something good in your system that tastes good rather than filling up on calories that are terrible for you. And you might not feel so great afterwards physically. I like the complete protein because it's plant-based, which I don't have enough plant-based food in my life. It's high protein nutrition. It's filled with omega-3 healthy fats, which is very good for my heart and my cholesterol. So Plus it helps you get ripped for the summer. Get get ripped. Ripped. <laughs> they have a lot of different products that that can help you in those times where you're not able to prepare a meal for yourselves. When you're on the go, grab a Soylent, whether it's a complete protein, complete energy, Soylent squared, or the complete meal. They have you covered in a healthy way that will actually make you feel good and is super convenient, more convenient than the time it takes to order a drive-through or go somewhere real quick, quote unquote. Yeah, it's definitely better than anything that you call a nugget. No nugs here. No nugs, (laughs) just nutrition. Thank you, Soylent. So if you are looking to get pumped for the summer, or find a convenient, nutritious meal replacement, you can go to Soylent.com slash tights. That's Soylent.com forward slash tights to get 20% off your first order. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Kasian. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilmartin. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make <laughs> one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to... Oh! What? 
Whoa! Holy shit! WWE Dynamite. Hey, ducks! Live, pal. Oh, it's so beautiful. It doesn't matter where I'm at emotionally as soon as you play it. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. One day it will devour us whole because it will grow so large. It will collapse the show on itself like a and singularity. So it and I can't wait. Yeah. I can't and wait. And so it should. Twitter has always been in one of the worst places to discuss anything. And wrestling is certainly no different. But now with AEW on the rise and NXT in a state of transition, the tribalism is at an all-time high. And the quality of discourse is in absolute shambles. Lindsay... Hi. <laughs> you have been put on this earth to suffer. Yeah, you may know me better as that bitch uh, if you follow me on Twitter right now. Oh, that Lizzie, dumb bitch. Sorry, specifically. I apologize. I don't want to. You're 100% anyone. that dumb bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get that t shirt, Julian. Get that t shirt. You are, as you have every right to be, as everybody is, expressing your opinions about the product and about the things that you're seeing on Twitter. And it seems disproportionate. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing now because I cried on on Monday. So you yeah. are heaped with abuse by keyboard warriors who wouldn't know how to have an actual conversation or argument if you put them through a ten year fucking course at Harvard. Which I'm sure there will be one soon because you could just you can pay for it. So oh yeah, yeah, it's online. You yeah. can do it all online. You can you can become a Harvard student online. No, I feel like I should give context. Not all of our listeners are on Twitter and uh, some people didn't see some of the stuff that was online and not everyone follows everyone. And I deleted a ton of stuff so that I didn't have to live with it anymore. Uh, so just very vague context. Uh, I was watching All Out. And I said I wouldn't tweet about it, but I did. And these are lessons I learned about myself. So I was tweeting uh, All Out. I was replying to some tweets of friends of the pod, largely our good friend Danielle, uh, Danielle, Darnell, but also our good friend Danielle. <laughs> but our friend Darnell, who has been on the pod, a bunch of times um we everyone knows him loves him um follow him because he's great and he has thicker skin than i and reliably enough a couple of hours into the show took a while because my takes were not hot i would say lukewarm tepid at best i attracted the ire of the internet of the aw's finest brigade of neckbeards and uh within a good hour after the show I kind of had to turn off my phone because it just wouldn't stop and then when I turned it back on the next morning it was just all there waiting for me um and I never delete tweets because I don't say things I don't mean if I delete anything okay I do delete tweets but I delete tweets when I've been tweeting about wrestling too much the night before and then I have to talk about my actual job the next day because it fucks up my algorithm um but I don't tweet I don't delete statements that I've stood by. Um, and these were not bold statements. The three tweets that really seemed to upset people, I was chatting with Darnell about what... He he was saying that AEW relies on new people coming in. He was like, oh, they just seem to always have new people coming in. What happens when they don't have new people coming in? Which is something we've said on this podcast, I've said on this podcast. And I replied saying it's a business model that relies on pops what happens when there's no more pops so we were specifically referring to the new people coming in um this for some reason really upset people <laughs> who either didn't read donnell's first tweet which how they couldn't i'm not sure because it was a reply it wasn't a quote tweet i was just replying to him 
And they're like, you dumb bitch, you don't know how wrestling works. It's a promotion that makes the fans happy. Of course that's what it, and I'm like, wait, no, I, we're not talking about making fans happy. We're talking about literally what happens when there's no new people to come in. You can't run a business based exclusively off a new guy came today. Like if you take that out, what do they have? That was our point. But it was a very outsized and aggressive reaction. The second one that really upset people, I think I replied to a Tights and Fights tweet about Ruby coming in saying like, love to see this love for her, but where was this love for her before? Um, that was taken, apparently I'm a dumb bitch uh, because there was so much love for Ruby. And I'm like, I don't doubt that there was love for Ruby. I'm just saying there wasn't enough love for Ruby. We all know how you keep a job at WWE is to shift t-shirts and get views. And also please, a capricious 70 something year old man like there's a lot of ways you get it but like where was the support before i i remember i've seen people be like oh she's great but and okay like fine you can debate that one that is entirely up for debate and i say that as someone who loves ruby and has been a fan of hers and a supporter of hers for ages and then the third one that really upset people which i just still think is the funniest because the responses were insane when adam cole appeared i <laughs> I tweeted something along the lines of Adam Page literally just been demoted to second string Adam at his own promotion, lol. And people went fucking bonkers. People went fucking nuts. It was mad. And I'm like, I honestly don't see how that's not true. Adam Cole, I think he's the watershed moment in AEW's competition with WWE. This is the first person... Mm. From, what, from my perspective, who they will be fucking devastated to have lost. This is the person who turns the tide from it being where you go when you get released to the person who says, hey, this is where I want to be and I want to mm -hmm. grow a career. Because he had a choice against going to the main roster and growing a career as a main roster star or betting on his friends at AEW and saying like, hey, I actually think these guys are worth 10 years of my time. My argument was not that Adam Page sucks, not that people don't like Adam Page, but that Adam Cole is now a more important Adam to the company. Also, I do want to take a moment out and be like, people that slag off Vince for giving people dumb names, the reason Vince gives people dumb names is so you don't end up with Adam Page, Adam Cole, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, and Christian Cage all in the same company. Like, Do you know how many Michaels there would be in wrestling and Chris's so if many we didn't Michaels. have people changing names? So many Michaels, so many Mandys. <laughs> like, I mean, you got to change some names, people. It was a half joke tweet in that they're both called Adam. And it was a half genuine question that it's like, where does this leave Adam Page in the pecking order? We've talked about this. Like, he's a guy that I've said time and time again. I don't know where his career goes at AEW because he... He was in their main title picture. He was their first contender against Jericho. Like, that was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And then he just, you know, he was tag team champion with Kenny, but that kind of felt like a, hey, you guys take this. You guys do this. Like, we need Kenny to do something. We need Paige to do something. We owe him. He's a Bullet Club member. He came from the beginning. We got to give him something. He got all the way back to a main title shot. And then he got bumped again. And I know, as so many people rushed to tell me, um, he is supposedly off on paternity leave right now. The two things do not relate. He could be there, he could not be there. It would not make any difference. If he was at All Out, he would still be the second Adam now related to the company. And I will stand by that forever. Uh, and I deleted it because the fucking abuse you would not believe. And the reason I suggested the abuse was tinged with misogyny, which some people also took offense to that, it's not fucking misogynistic, you're just a dumb bitch with hot takes that were bad. And it's like, 
the fact you had to use the words dumb bitch is what makes it misogyny, my friends. Um, we're going to sit down and look at the fact your responses to my very mild and considered opinions uh, were outsized, vitriolic, and routinely referred to my gender identity as to why they were wrong. And also yeah. ladies can be misogynists too. I, I had to explain that to some people too. Internalized, the patriarchy, etc. Oh, it was a rough few days. It was a rough few days. You know, the internet and We're social media at the internet. <laughs> has done a lot to create a global community in that we are more connected than we've ever been. And reasonably, you have the opportunity to have discourse with with anybody on the planet who has an internet connection and an account. And that's a lot of people now. And that is a both a a privilege and a responsibility and how you conduct yourself with with people online should at least be some reflection of how you would conduct yourself with them in person. If these people are living by that motto, then there are a lot of really, really bad people who now have a megaphone and and this means to communicate that it just doesn't it doesn't improve anything. It doesn't make AEW better than WWE. It doesn't make WWE better than AEW. It doesn't make you better than Lindsay. It doesn't make Lindsay better than you, although I would probably vouch that I think she is better than every single person who would take the time to say something on a keyboard that they wouldn't say to her face. And if they'd say it to her face, then she should knock them the fuck out. Violence is never the answer, Hal, apart from when it is. And in this instance, a couple <clears> of times, <throat> a couple of times, it, it might have been it might have been the only option. I don't know. I can't say because they weren't in my face. They were in a basement somewhere uh, with just very loud opinions that they felt were far more valid than mine. Because I love all of you, I get really mad and and just like I, my instinct is to jump in and tell them all to fuck off. I don't do that because you're all adults who can handle your own business and you don't need me to do it. To do when it anything. doesn't help, this is my issue. This is why exactly. I usually it just mute. My response yeah. is usually just to mute because I love the thought of these people just screaming into the void and thinking that yeah. I'm getting it and I'm never getting it. And it's like, enjoy this. Please, please use this horrible energy that you have in you to scream at me into a muted folder where I will never see it. Because if you block them, they know you've blocked them and they, they think they've won. There's like some weird, like, haha, I upset her. She's blocked me. Uh, whereas muting is funnier. And, and I'm like, they, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just voicing their opinion, which is that I'm a dumb cunt. And I'm like, sometimes maybe, but not today. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird that we have, are expected to do it. And it's like you say, there's so many great things about the internet. Like, if I didn't have Twitter, I wouldn't get to talk to Donnell about wrestling because I don't live in New York. I don't get to see him. I don't know him as well as I would like to know him. So Twitter is how I engage with that person I admire about this thing we both love. But I'll be fucked if I can't do that anymore because some asshole thinks that I shouldn't be allowed to. Fuck it. As someone who, like, my job is on the internet, I think it's like I've... um by and large, because like I get insults where someone and they're never clever. They're never good. It's always about how fat I am, which is like, yeah, I know I say it all the time. I'm still really fucking hot. So who cares? Um, but it's just like I have had to grow a thicker skin than just about anybody should like have to. Um, like I uh, and I don't know. It, it's just people who feel powerless in their own lives 
And so they have to um, lash out in the way that they do. And I try to, um, I try to, I don't want to say show compassion, but just remember that hurt people hurt people. Of course, like that doesn't help, but that's how I get through it or else I will start throwing things. Um, like mm-hmm. what, and, you know, unless like the insult is funny. Like one of my first days at, uh, at Screen Junkies, someone said, that's no moon. That's their diversity hire. And I was like, okay, that's, that's at least you put some thought into that insult. Like at least Hal doesn't like it. Because um, <laughs> it's Hal's, still a dick thing to say. And it's oh, like, it's a horrible thing to say, it. but at least you tried. I mean, at, at least, least you tried. At least. So yeah, I'm like, get, I'm at that point now with it. And again, it's like one of those things where like, we shouldn't have to do that, but that's always like the answer that people give is never that people should be better. It's always that you should get over it. Like it's our job to absorb abuse more than it's their job to not be abusive. And that's always what the answer is. It's victim blaming. It's like, you just need to grow a thicker skin and get over it. You just, if you want to be here, you need to get over it. And it's like, well, but how about we all just try and show compassion for each other and instead of shutting people out and actually making the fandom smaller and smaller and smaller? Because when you say these things to me, you say these things to Danielle, you say these things to Darnell, we have a much bigger conversation to have that's also happening right now, which is fucking amazing about black wrestlers and wrestlers of color. You're shutting them out. What This is what you're doing on the internet and you're on Twitter and it's actually when you look at it, Compared to the ratings, the number of people that watch TV or whatever, it's a tiny number of people. But the percentage is always tiny. But the tiniest percentage is always the loudest. They're the angriest. But they're trying to shut people out. I thought we were meant to be growing the wrestling community. I want to welcome people into it. That's what this podcast is. We are a podcast for people who haven't found themselves anywhere else, right? Like, we're like the people that are like, we love this. It's fun. It's silly. It's, re- it's representative. It's diverse. There's all these things. This section of the Twitter community in particular, because don't get me started on Reddit. My name is there. It's mud. They want to shut people out. And I'm like, why Why would you? Why would your plan to be to stop me watching it? My plan is to get more people to watch it. Like, I don't get it. I'm so confused. Guys, the, the more people that watch it, the more we get to have wrestling. That's right? how it works. Exactly. If people aren't watching it, if people stop watching it or that the audience gets smaller... We don't get to have televised wrestling. They take it's it away from us. It's literally how it works. They, they take it away from us. These billion-dollar companies, they don't need you to defend them. Yeah, they really don't. They don't need you to gatekeep on their behalf. I understand when you love something and it's you're getting all the ice cream you ever wanted and someone says they don't like your ice cream flavor, that your instinct is to get defensive and say, and say fuck you, this is the best ice cream ever. You don't know shit about ice cream. You shouldn't be allowed to have dessert. I found that for me... The thing would be like, I'm glad you liked it or I'm sorry you didn't like it. Yeah. If I liked it, I'm sorry you didn't yeah. like it. If you want to talk about it, we can. Or if if you liked it and I didn't, I'd say I didn't. It wasn't for me. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you had a good experience watching it. That is fucking okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. We cannot have everybody have the same opinion nope. as us. That would be the most boring is, khaki pants right? society possible. This is the biggest yeah. problem for me with this with, with this, the current wrestling discourse is... And this section of the wrestling no fandom, there is no discourse. This is my issue with this section of the fandom is, is that their ultimate goal for just everything to be exactly what they want it to be and to have no variety and have nothing else and just have it be CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho? Like, is that all they want? Because if that's all they want, it will die 
overnight. I think another part of it as like I've, I get people in my DMs who have like literally threatened to punch my coworkers in the face because they didn't like things that they said. Like to the point where like we've had to like, I've worked in places where we've had to have extra security, like things like that. What I have discovered is that when you have an opinion for some people that differs from theirs, and it is because they have decided to make this thing their personality. And so if you say that your opinion is different than theirs or that you don't like a thing, to them, you are saying that they are not just wrong, but also bad. And so they need to feel validated in this thing. And then they come after you. And it's like, you know, wrestling's for everyone, right? You don't get, you don't just, if, you know, if you want to have your wrestling, then start booking shows and book it the way that you like. It's exactly that. And that's like when we say, I wish I could see more women or I wish there was more diversity on this mm -hmm. roster. And people are mad about that because you're saying that the thing, they, they read it as, I love this thing. And if you're saying this thing needs to be different, you're saying that I should be different. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be different. And I do think that's, I, I, I don't want to make this AEW's fault, but the, they have to accept some culpability for it at some point. They have enabled a fan base moreover than I've ever seen anywhere else in wrestling Twitter. And I've been on Twitter for 10 years. They have enabled a fan base and a group of people who feel that so violently that they have identified with the current product as it exists, where they're like, you get one women's match a week. That's enough for you. You get two black people on a show. That's enough for you. You are not entitled to more. It is ours and you are not entitled to any more of it. That's what scares me about the company. Because unless the company changes what they are representing, these people will continue to have that opinion and voice it and spread it and believe that it is correct. Because AEW is not a correct representation of society at large right now. And I'm not saying you always compare and contrast against the same companies, but you look at, for example, we will look at WWE right now, which has a, a, a larger proportion of black wrestlers on TV weekly. It has more women on TV weekly. There's more body diversity on WWE weekly. There are two plus-sized women on the roster right now, on the main roster, and neither are presented as, look at this dumb fatty. They're both presented as, look at these two fucking badass powerful women who are gonna fucking murder you. Like, three. Three houses, three. I just... Dewdrop. Dude, I, I went dewdrop. I was forgetting Tamina. Who that, was also that was like, I was yeah, forgetting yeah, yeah, yeah. Tamina. Yeah. I was thinking Doudrop because I'm in love with her. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, Tamina, yes, Tamina's tag team champion. That was my bad. I want to watch myself on TV. I want to see myself on TV. I think that's true of all fans of anything. And I want to be able to have that opinion without being afraid that I'm not allowed it and that someone's going to try and make me feel bad for my opinion. I am very much all about, hey, let's all be welcome here. Let's invite the kids. Let's invite the women. Let's have people of every fucking color, every gender identity, every sexual persuasion. Like, go, there is wrestling for everyone. We yep. know this. We know that indie promotions exist. We know people who are putting on the coolest stuff shouldn't have to be that niche. I should be able to see Sunny Kiss on TV every fucking week. And I shouldn't just have to point at Sunny Kiss. I shouldn't just have to point at Nyla Rose. There should not be one of anyone. There should not be firsts anymore. 
there should just be everything for everyone and we should all be able to embrace it. We do have to move on. I just want to leave everybody with two thoughts, if that's okay. One is, it's okay to, to love something, but also want to hold it to a higher standard, which is what Lindsay was talking about. Mm-hmm. But also, more importantly, hold yourself to a higher standard. And think about the conversations you really want to be having in life, and maybe do that online. And if they're yelling, screaming matches, then we know who you are as a person, and thank you for, for the heads up. I know there's a lot to talk about here. We know that the Nation of Conversation has their own opinions, and we do want to hear about them. So go to our social media accounts via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from the world of wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads, easing back into live performance, and the magic of doo-wop. You don't get it very much, people doing dip 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 whoa, whoa, You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? Speaking of the conversation we just had, there was another conversation that happened on Twitter where... um, many people i am one who had the same opinion as much as we loved all out well we were like hey in general even though they did better by the women um but in general women and black people women and black people and that was obviously met with a lot of like but what about the one black person that was on there three weeks ago because that's what always fucking happens right shout out to the one person who got in my mentions to tell me that cody is cuban when I asked about diversity in AEW. Shout out to that person. I know they're not listening. I hope this gets back to them that they got a mention. (laughs) They fucking did it. And so one thing that came out of it in the same way as we're having this conversation, in the same way that Give Divas a Chance wound up shaking up the foundation of WWE, smarter people than me and more patient people than me came up with a hashtag to show and celebrate that when you put on black wrestlers, people pay attention because it's what we want. And so I'm putting over uh, the hashtag black wrestling draws, which is something that um, people like when there is a match, um, we are encouraging the community, you know, be the change, blah, 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 to tweet out. And you'll see it a lot to tweet out black wrestling draws. And it does it like it got traction. It was trending for a while. There were also great conversations in Twitter spaces that often devolved into silly hilarity because that's how black people handle stuff. Um, that, that's just how we do it. <laughs> that's just, it's just kind of our thing. We is make it just that you have funny. a great sense of humor or is it a trauma reaction, Danielle? Who can say? Trauma! Who can say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is, um, it, I encourage all of you when AEW does show off its black wrestlers, get into the hashtag black wrestling draws and see if we can we can push this to be a thing like we did with Give Jeeves a Chance and see again if we can help there we be the change that we want to see in the world. So that's what I'm putting over. Yeah, those spaces are not only great information to just listen and actually hear what the experience is like from people who are who are doing it, but wildly entertaining. And then the the offshoot 
after hours spaces that happen <laughs> yeah. are just like, oh, it's, I could have listened to it forever and ever. And you know what? And even if, look, selfishly, look, if you just want to go in there and see who's listening, some of your favorite wrestlers are in those spaces, mm-hmm. being quiet, listening and paying attention to these amazing indie wrestlers, people like Swole, as they talk about, again, their experiences in wrestling and things that we as fans can do. Like I saw Mustafa in there. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people go in there. So if nothing else, just if you want to be fucking nosy and see which of your favorite wrestlers is in there, just listening and paying attention to this conversation, go do it for that fucking reason. And maybe yeah. you'll get something out of it. Lindsay. There's one main thing I want to put over, but I do want to shout out to Swole in particular because she has been such a gift. And uh, her match with Diamante on Dark. I don't watch Dark. I don't have time to watch Dark, but I'm saying if you have time to go find that match, the Diamante Swole uh, Three Strikes match, it was a, it's a new, very cool match. I recommend you go find it, tweet about it, shout about it, tell AEW you want to see more of it. She is a absolute treat and we should be seeing more of her on our televisions. The other thing I wanted to put over, which I, I have to because I called it, <laughs> so even though I am putting it over, I'm putting over this. Oh my God, the Index Bachelor Bachelorette party. Oh my God. <laughs> speaking of joy, speaking of fucking joy. And also like I saw so many, pe- again, these people that now I've unfollowed and my life is so much richer for it. Uh, people bitching this out, being like, this is what you call wrestling. And I think All Out empowered so many of these. And this was wrestling journalists who were like, fuck this nonsense. This is dumb shit. I have AEW now. And it's like, well, you weren't prepared to throw everything in with AEW until before All Out, but now you feel like you can bitch out NXT because now you have All Out. It's tacky and childish and I don't like it. What I did like was the Index Bachelorette Bachelor Party. It was pitch perfect. It was brilliantly done. The perfor- Everyone's performance was fucking beautiful. Um, Johnny coming around to his love for his new son-in-law, Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Dexter finally cracked Johnny's nut, you guys. He finally cracked Johnny's nut. Uh, I implore you to go and watch it if you like happiness. Uh, you get to see a tiny Gargano baby bump too, which I got like unnecessarily excited about. I am pumped for the wedding of the year, you guys. I am fucking thrilled. I cannot wait for us all to watch it together. This will be my my, my happy return to wrestling Twitter. Will be the index wedding on Tuesday night. I implore you all to join me. Also, Drake fucking Maverick is so good at this. I hate that guy, mm-hmm. and I I loved him in this. Like you know, I'm like, <laughs> fuck that guy, but so also like, put him in this. <laughs> he's so good at social media too, and just like the way that he was tweeting it out and everything. Everyone it was posting such a the stills, like it was a real time, like as it was happening. Yes, to tease it happening on the show, it was fucking beautiful. I genuinely am like, are they together? Like I don't know anymore. The lines have been blurred. I'm being worked, and I love it. <laughs> work yourself into a shoot mark love it love it love it i will if you don't mind <laughs> yeah goddamn right you will let's keep it rolling with nxt where we have four challengers to the number one contendership for the nxt title one of whom i everybody knows if you listen to this show that two things that i love are small storytelling moments in the ring and people who are fire on the microphone and la Knight does not miss and he did not miss delivering a promo while driving a car around florida Here's a clip. Put your belly aching, because here's how it goes down. You're going to be doing a whole lot of crying. You're going to be doing a whole lot of belly aching as I smack around three of your favorites, and I become the number one contender. And then Samoa Joe has to look into these eyes and realize that his time is up. 
That is it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Redford, along with me, Hal Lublin. In lieu of plugging myself, I want to plug this show that we are doing live on Sunday, September 12th, 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 8.30 p.m. British Summer Time. Come check out our show. You can get tickets for the, for the link via our show notes, and you do get access for seven days. So even if you can't make the live show, you can watch it after. We will be discussing SummerSlam 1992 with a British Bulldog headlined the show danielle british british summertime sorry i couldn't i had to do it i had to do it um no that's it i mean y'all have heard all of my nonsense before so uh in terms of all the stuff that i'm plugging so uh just keep doing all those things i mention every week but also yeah come hang out with us at this festival it's gonna um because if it's just us we're still gonna have fun um but we would (laughs) but we would very much like you there Lindsay. Yeah, please make us feel more popular than we are. Please come hang out with us. <laughs> Don't leave us at the lunch table on our own. It gets weird. So definitely the festival. Um, and just because we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and this is not the place for it, but Tag Team Turmoil match, I loved it. Um, I think I'm going to, I would like to promote that for myself. <laughs> go watch the Tag Team go. Turmoil match on Raw. Uh, Julian, do you have something to plug? Yeah. Okay. So I was, uh, there was a, a really great spaces chat between uh, Sugar Dunkerton, Tasha Steele's, and Big Swole, Tasha, of course, works for Impact, and Big Swole works for AEW. And Sugar kind of like facilitated this great chat between the two of them of what it's like to be black women wrestlers working for um, big corporations. Both of them had a lot of things to say that was great, and as if you were one of the people who were lucky to listen to it, it was fantastic. And as I was listening to it, I kind of thought it was a bummer because these aren't uh, Spaces chats aren't archived. You can't listen to them after they're finished, to my knowledge. Uh, so as I was writing it all down, I thought, oh, somebody should really uh, write these things out so the people who don't have time to listen should do that. And then I thought, I'm going to do that because I'm already doing it right now. So I compiled a big list of, um, it's not like an exact transcript or anything, it's a lot of paraphrasing um, with the biggest points that they made throughout the whole thing. So if you didn't get a chance to hear it and you want to know what was said, uh, you can go to the Facebook group and it should be one of the pinned featured uh, posts that I made right there. So just go right there, you'll love it. Uh, Lindsay got her Tony's Dollies discourse validated by Big Swole, which was fantastic. Uh, so many great lines, a great look back on um, what they're trying to do, what they what they believe in, and why they're trying to make things better for themselves and all the other women that they work with. I uh, highly recommend going and reading it. Julian, be in the change. A scorching rebuke of Cricket and their wireless Oh, service. God. So fucking funny. Senior oh, producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle's the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible, and we'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it, wrestling. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.